Welcome to Inspire and Innovate, a podcast for educators, produced by the faculty of St. Andrew's Episcopal School in beautiful Jackson, Mississippi. As you rev up for the busy beginning of the school year, we are excited to offer you this mini-series of power-packed conversations featuring local educators around the Jackson, Mississippi metro area. These folks do good work every day, and they remind us that our school and our faculty are a small portion of the incredibly rich ecosystem of teaching professionals in this area. We can't do this job alone, and we have so much to learn from our colleagues near and far. We believe storytelling is the best way to make sense of the complexities of our profession. So please enjoy this mini-series, Living It, Stories from the Teaching Life. Hey y'all, we're back with another episode of Living It, Stories from the Teaching Life. Uh, I'm Dean, I'm a, Span- a Spanish teacher. Josh is a Spanish teacher. I'm an English teacher at St. Andrews. <laughs> Debatable. Um, I teach seventh grade English, um, and we're here today with uh, Josh Brister, who is, first of all, an incredible human being, mm. an excellent guitar player, oh. a YouTube star, what? and a Spanish teacher. I'm glad I didn't send my bio in because that was way better than any bio <laughs> that I could have ever sent in. I love what you led with. <laughs> and a Spanish teacher. And I disagree with everything he said. Except Spanish teacher. I'm currently employed as a Spanish teacher. I will accept that. <clears throat> Josh, I know that you are a man with many stories, plenty of which I'm sure come from your teaching experience. Spin us a yarn. Tell us, um, obviously, keep it true. Um, you know, some successes, some failures. Maybe that student that got away from you. All of those things. Uh, well, first off, I just wanted to say thank you for having me and also recognize I'm in way over my head because I am a new teacher that does not have uh, a lot of... I don't deserve to be here. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm sitting beside people that have like 45 degrees. I barely made it through college, and now I'm teaching at the nicest school in the state, arguably. So I, I just I don't know why I'm here. Obviously, they were in a bind to to not. They couldn't find anybody great, so I'm here. So I'm gonna have fun, even though I don't deserve to be here. So thank y'all for okay, having. Okay, that was that was all totally inaccurate. And it's your I opinion. just I just want to say. All you new teachers out there, this podcast is dedicated to you because we have all been there. And honestly, like every new semester and every new class I've ever taught feels like I'm a brand new teacher. Like it is, it is it. Um, And so, man, you bring a perspective. I I mean, at the very least, we all have to agree that Josh has the voice for radio. (laughs) (laughs) So here's your moment to shine. (laughs) All right. So we're going to hold your feet to the fire, though, because you kind of dodged our question. I'll answer the question. So what was the question again specifically? Yeah. So give us a tale. Tell us about like. You know, I mean, even if you want to keep it to right now for now, you yeah. know, like what was your first year experience like at St. Andrews? I mean, first of all, in COVID, yeah. right? I mean, that had to have been tough. Yeah. So a little context. Last year was just a hard year for me in general. Uh, my wife and I had our first kid in January of last year. So when I started in August, he was not sleeping. And so... I, like the first three months of school, I was just tired from being a father. Also, I had a lot of family issues. My grandfather had a massive heart attack, got flown in a helicopter, almost died in the helicopter. Like, Whoa. Last year, just in general, was tough. 
and school felt like a breeze compared wow. to yeah. to life. But it was hard for me because it was a new place with a lot of new folks and the school was just going through so much new stuff and making huge decisions on masks and on everything. And I feel like my woes were like the least, like, so I'd never, I'm, Dean and I talked a lot about stuff because he was my mentor. Uh, by the way, that was probably the coolest part of the school was having somebody I could go to and ask questions and stuff. But for the most part, it was just a hard year life-wise. And so school, a lot of times, felt like a break for, for me. from Because, you know, if you're a new parent uh, and you're not sleeping, coming to school, even though there's a lot of kids, like it felt like a little relaxed yeah, <laughs> compared it, to having a baby. Well, for me, I remember when I went back. So I had my I had Lucy, my first, went, uh, in June. And then I started grad school, which isn't, but I taught throughout grad school and I remember the first day like putting on real clothes yeah and even though same even though I was like bleary eyed to the max I was like I am a human with an identity beyond yeah. being a cow which you probably were less of a cow due to your gender but like other things like spit up person and yeah not sleep so so um man that is that re resonates with me. Yeah, and then the other big part to me was this is a very intimidating place. Like, as a new teacher, so I come from uh, a, a situation where I don't have near as much schooling. Uh, everybody I talk to at this school is like, hey, where did you go to school? And they're like, yeah, I went to Princeton, and I got seven degrees. And, they, and then I'm like, okay, don't ask me the question. Like, do not, uh, uh, do not. I just went to the school right down the road and I barely made it through the school. So uh, I think the hardest part for me was coming into, especially a language department mm -hmm. that is fantastic. Like shout out to Nancy and Chimic and all of these folks that are, have been teaching for a long time. And if you go and sit in their classrooms, they are so impressive. They are not playing. You are, you, no. are, you are doing Spanish. Yeah. It was not like my high school Macarena every day. Class. Right. So I came from a school where, uh, the bar is a little bit lower. Um, and then I go and I sit in those classrooms and I'm like, this is serious business. And so when I first came, I was terrified i was like i the bar is up there i know i'm not up there also i teach middle school spanish so my classroom looks way different than like a ap spanish classroom for seniors um but it was really scary like i i remember when i first started doing it i was the whole time like second guessing myself and um like always just kind of judging myself on my classes and it was good to have Dean because Dean had gone through that same thing to where he, you know, the English department here is also a big deal. Um, and so I think the first like three months were just a wash and I was, I was just trying to keep my head above water with family stuff and the baby. And then just this constant comparison thing that I was doing because of my colleagues being so amazing. Uh, it, it was a tough, Thing to come into on top of hey we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's also scary and try to get a 12 year old to wear a mask for eight hours a day when they're playing basketball like it's, it, it was it was a tough year but on 
the other end of the spectrum, I think being thrown into the fire with that bar, I became such a better teacher last year. Like I sitting in on your classes and, and other people's classes, I really, it, it was scary at first, but I was super, uh, in, inspired to be like, all right, I've got to, I've got to do my part here because this is a big deal. Um, and so I think my biggest success story was like at the end of the year, feeling like I held my weight. I don't think that I did as good as other people maybe, but like just the feeling of, I, I fit in around here. Maybe I, I'm very different than a lot of teachers probably in a lot of ways, but I think my big, biggest success story was coming to the best school in the state not having the uh, preparation that so many people have had here and feel like... Hmm, I can hang. I, I don't know about hanging, but like I, I didn't flop. Yeah. But I'll say that. Yeah. But you bring up a really good point, and I, I think that would be a good uh, tangent to follow down. And maybe, Julie, you could probably piggyback on this, this notion of like, you know, imposter syndrome, but also because you spoke a lot about like, I don't have the pedigree that some other teachers have here or whatever. Um, and that's, I mean, I think that's really interesting. I don't agree with you because I think you're obviously fully qualified to be here and a great teacher. But the other thing I would say is, you know, when you're first starting out, this wasn't your first year teaching. You'd been other places. But, you know, when you're first starting out at a school, I feel like you're just sort of like, left to your own devices you get put in a room and the door gets closed for 75 minutes multiple times a day and there's no oversight I mean it's really tough yeah and you don't know who to go to like uh I had you which was a lifesaver but um so I I met with our department a lot before we started having class but as soon as day one hit, I did not see a Spanish teacher other yeah. than the other middle school Spanish teacher that was right beside me. We didn't really talk either. Like, I felt like, and, and I, I could have gone to them anytime and asked them anything, sure. but when you're so swamped with a lot of classes, a lot of kids, you don't have time to, to go have a right. meeting with your mm-hmm. department chair and be like, hey, I'm trying this thing out. Yeah. It's like, all hands on deck, the only free time that you have, and especially as middle school teachers, we don't get a lot of breaks. We're doing um, a duty. We're doing recess. We're doing lunch. Uh, I, I I had, I think, more classes than anybody on our team, mm-hmm. and I just I did not have time to make that phone call. I didn't have time to, like, I would see Dean, like, at break, and I'd be like, hey, man, I'd get, yeah. like, 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, but I think that was really hard for me because I just felt like I, I didn't, I could have, I had the people to go to, but not the time. Yeah. And yeah. That is so, that is so the anthem of teaching everywhere. All yeah. It's like also in terms of like, uh, so in my job, I, I think about like, what is professional development, which is an interesting even concept. And like so often we don't, it's not the faculty need to learn what to do. It's that we need time to implement all of the things we know we should be doing. At least that's how it was for me as a faculty member. Like I know 16 ways to improve my classes. I just legit don't have the time that Mm -hmm. it would take to embed. And so I think a lot about that, like how, how can we carve out just time and like, what would that, what would that even look like? And, And like, 
how would we use that time? You know, and, and, and sometimes the time is like revitalizing a class and sometimes it's just like space to breathe. Yeah. I mean, in a way, I went from teaching middle school English to grad school because I craved reflection time. Like I, yeah. I was like, whoa, these five years blew my mind. Middle schoolers are so crazy. Uh, and now I need to like research and think about that because I haven't had a second to breathe. You know? yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's that's it. And for all the new teachers out there, I, I'm a firm believer in YouTube education. Now there will, I'm, I'm going to throw out something that maybe you folks that have all these degrees will not love, but I found so much help yes. with YouTube videos, uh, about the smallest questions that I might've had about anything. And I feel like a lot of younger folks coming up, we learn everything that we do on YouTube. If I need to fix my doorknob, in my house, I go to a YouTube video. And so for me, I don't have the pedigree. I don't have the degrees. Uh, I do have a lot of years learning Spanish. and it, But I think there's something to be said about you can learn anything on the Internet if you are willing to look for it, if you're willing to spend the time to do it. And I think that that's a space that I would love to hear y'all's opinion on how much you feel that's important. I know you're a big academic and you love uh, academia, but like how much do you find, how much value do you find in like YouTube education for teachers or have you jumped into much of it? I haven't, I haven't really delved into like the education side of YouTube. And by that, I mean YouTube videos specific for teachers, for teachers. Yeah. but I'm with you a hundred percent. Like I, I've, I've felt since I started teaching that there's not enough emphasis on like practicality and like, you know, kids should know how to change a tire by the time they get out of school or like how to balance their budget. Um, so, I mean, I think YouTube's super valuable for a whole host of things and it could be equally valuable for teachers. I it mean, it just helped me so much. Well, we need like, to know who you follow. So I have just a tiny a bit of experience because I was working with some pre-service teachers and they taught me about it because I'm, yeah. maybe I'm, am I old? No, am you I are not old? old. I may be old or I'm just whatever. No. Um, am I old? Is this what this podcast is about? My existential am aging am guys? Am I old? The podcast for educators. Uh, 40? Uh, I, so they taught me about this thing you talked yeah. about, I think. It was a so it was te they were showing me all these teacher channels yeah. and it was so beautiful not just because like you could learn really practical stuff you needed real quick but also it like was really good perspective-y stuff like yes. it was like I'm a teacher in California yes. in this particular context and I am you know this is my background and now you're gonna see teaching English through my lens and like here's all the junk I deal with, you know, and it was like, it's real talk. It's very like what I hate. I will say the other end of the spectrum that I like less is when coming back from when I taught free service teachers is like people like get ideas from Pinterest or like mm -hmm. teachers pay teachers, teachers pay te so, yeah. and some of that stuff can be great. And some of that stuff can just be terrible. And when yeah, you, sometimes yeah. when you're a new teacher, you don't know the difference, mm -hmm. but I have only seen a few. So who are your favorite? Do you follow? Teachers? I don't know. I don't have, I, I'm or not. You just Google like it how was, to. It was usually like quick questions okay, that okay, I okay. would have, like uh, not necessarily like I don't watch a lot of education YouTube. I'm sorry, um, but just like yeah, 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 really quick little like Spanish stuff, like yeah. getting ideas on how certain people 
teach a certain thing. Oh man, or, mm-hmm. all about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So for like, me, it was more webby sidey. Yeah. You know, back in my old-fashioned days. I'll tell you what. I feel like John Green and those Crash Course oh, people Crash like Course really went exponential in COVID. Like yeah. I feel like there's so their much subscribers must have gone to the moon. Yeah. Um, I would have. Would have loved to have been on the back end side of that. Yeah, no Because I feel <laughs> oh, like they're making good. bank now. But no, that I, Josh, I mean, I think that's it. Like we, none of us know all of the things, and we're always asking the questions. Okay, so I need to get back to a story. Yeah. So you know, like the like meme. It's not a meme. Is it a meme? I'm old, as aforementioned. The thing that's like, tell, show me your, show me your da 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 without saying your da da da. That yeah. thing uh, yeah. is that a meme? Yeah. Would well, you feel I mean, about it's it? like a, a meme. <laughs> But it's like a it's like a video. It's a Twitter template for sure. Like, okay, yeah. you know that Twitter template. Tell me a story that shows me you're a middle school teacher without telling me. Is that you're right? a middle school. You're, okay, teacher. I did yeah. it. Okay. Oh man. Because listen, full disclosure, Josh Brister had my middle schooler in a class, so I know he is good with middle schoolers, and I've also. First off, your middle schooler is the definition of the greatest child of all time. Well, that's so a great if somebody story. cannot teach story. your child, <laughs> they don't deserve a job. Like if we're gonna talk about her, like let's just talk. Middle didn't schooler. she win best kid of the? What's the name of the award she won? <laughs> Mm, don't ask to, me to pull that from head of school. Head of head school. Of, head of school. school. There we go. Yep. Yes. Who's counting? I'm learning all of these uh, <laughs> private school uh, names and stuff. Uh, tell me your middle schooler without. Because I saw you do a lot of supervision. For some reason, I feel like I did a lot of ho- like not a lot, but I, I did had some a lot duties of... beside you, and like I just loved watching you just talk with kids. Like you've got a good. Whatever that is, that report. You have to be able to talk a little trash, I think. I think there's a little bit of trash. There's a little bit of humor. Yeah. You also have that kind of laid-back vibe I, that I really try super hard to have. But tell, All right, so uh, tell me you're a middle school teacher without yeah, telling me you're, you're a middle, middle school, school teacher, teacher. With a story. The one uh, I remember, uh, I believe, in April of last year, I had one free block. And I texted Dean, and I said, uh, I was laid out on the floor. I closed all the blinds in my room, and I took a 30-minute nap because I thought I was about to pass out. So with middle school, it is just like (laughs) go all the time. And I, I, I have a lot of energy. I like joking around there's some days that I don't but uh a lot of days that I don't but yeah it, you could have found me laid behind my desk and I had some rain music on my yes. computer yes. and I took a nap I don't know if that's going to get me fired from this school but it is <laughs> you, you know what you use your planning period that's however you, you need your it it period. is exhausting man these kids do not stop like it is you can never match their energy mm-hmm. like i used to try there were some days i would like go at the end of the school year we would go play basketball and we could finally play basketball and i would try to joke around with them but i can't hang like i and i <laughs> oh, feel yeah, like i, I can remember. hang pretty well I'm, I'm i like to have fun what was it the first time you played basketball with a couple of the boys and you were like i really think I messed up my ankle. I rolled my ankle. <laughs> I literally rolled my ankle. Tell me you're old without Am telling I me old you're old. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 
In the next class, as my students were walking in, I had my foot propped up on a chair and I had an ice bag on it. But see, like this is this is the truism about being a middle school teacher is you feel like you have to like get in there with yeah. the kids. Yeah. It's I mean, I don't know. I feel like I do. And it could be a little pride thing. But I just like when they're playing dodgeball, I have to play dodgeball. <laughs> yes. I mean, I played I've played more wiffle ball in my entire life. <laughs> this year with middle school boys yes. than I have ever And we played. had so much. I don't even like baseball. You know how I feel about baseball. But wiffle ball mm. is amazing. What's the difference between what? I hate baseball. I, I, I knew, like, you know, COVID hit hard and, like, as many opportunities as we could get the kids outside. Yes, we so just that. went for that. So I was like, wait, two years ago, Hannah and I, for Free Choice Friday, just did sports. Oh, so and good. so I bought, like... We, we did, like, silly sports, so I bought a wiffle ball bat and some wiffle balls. And during and a pandemic, I everybody been outside, gear. everybody was spread out. It was the perfect game. But yeah. why do you hate – I've just got to go back. Baseball, because it's like a harder ball and a smaller bat and a heavier bat. Why do I hate the sport of baseball? Yes, and why do you, yes. and why do you love the sport of wiffle ball? Uh, it's way too long of a game. True. Nothing <laughs> is happening – about 75% of the time. Really? Okay. Everybody's just standing there. Okay. Uh, it's the only sport that I can think of that when somebody is subbed out, like if the pitcher gets subbed out, the entire game stops <laughs> for the new pitcher to come up and practice. Although he's been practicing for 45 minutes, it is just too slow. I, I really want to pull my eyes. I'm... I, I'm like ADHD, so I I'm, I got to be doing stuff all the time. Football is fast though, because it's an the informal. Football is fast. It's by yeah. its nature, it's informal. I got you. I'm with you now. It's like the formal game of a baseball game versus I'm out in the backyard with a wiffle ball. Yes. Right. Yes, I'm with you. So, uh, Thank you. and just to kind of touch on like playing sports with kids, I think like as a teacher, the only one of the biggest or most important thing to me as a middle school teacher is to have common ground with kids. Cause I feel like the best teachers, Dean being one of them, mm -hmm. is able to meet them somewhere. Yeah. And mm -hmm. sports is like the easiest way to do that yeah. with some kids. Mm -hmm. uh, I like YouTube a lot. So I talk about YouTube videos with kids. Um, and I feel like as a middle school teacher, my whole life is trying to balance teaching them something and then like uh, either babysitting or policing them. So like, I, I felt like sometimes I was really good at one of those things and not really good at the other. And then sometimes I was good at, and it's so hard in a middle school classroom to find a healthy balance of yeah. being a good teacher while you're also making sure Johnny over there is not playing some video game on yes. his computer, which by the way, all of our students played games on their computers Anytime all year. Anytime they're open. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> you can guarantee And I used to set up my room to where, like, I would, I could see, because I have mirrors in my room, so I uh. could, like, see, I would catch people cheating or yeah. catch people playing games. But, I, don't, I mean, do you feel that way? It's like mo yeah. my, so many times it wasn't about my lesson plan or about oh. the exact thing I was teaching. It was finding a balance between uh, babysitting and, and teaching. Which we call classroom management sometimes, besides babysitting. That hard part, though. But I just feel like it's more... I mean, it is classroom management. But we'll, it, we'll just call it 
Yeah. It's hard. Classroom management is hard. It's, so it's hard. hard. It doesn't, I don't, I don't think it really matters what like age group you're at. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it gets more challenging in middle school and lower school, but classroom, like managing your classroom is probably the hardest element of teaching. I, I agree. I agree. It shocked me my first year. I thought I was going to kill it. Teaching. Yeah. I thought I was going to be the best in it and like, no, like that. And then kids are like the most humbling. Yeah. <laughs> Which at this school, the kids are amazing. Like, oh, to I, be fair. Like, these kids are unbelievable. I came from a, a school before that it was a lot more difficult with um, discipline and stuff like that. So this is funny because I came into here and most of the teachers on my team have been here for a while and they would complain or not complain. They would talk about situations and I'd be like, man, that is nothing <laughs> compared to what. Um, but yeah, I, that was the hardest part for me was to yeah. and I. And I enjoy the management side. Like, I like to yes. joke around with kids, and yes. I like to call them out. And I, so I, it wasn't hard for me. It just wears you down. Yeah. Like, every little uh, thing, every little comment, every time somebody's playing a game on their computer, every time somebody's on their phone, every time, like, it just all up. of these little things that get to. And then what I was going to talk about, my biggest failure of the year i believe is that the days that that i was so exhausted mm -hmm. and i would take it out on a kid mm. like that to me is is yeah. my the thing that i get most frustrated about my cell phone when um whenever i, I know that i just said something stupid to a kid because all of this stuff has built up and i haven't dealt with yeah. it i haven't told my wife about her. I haven't let it out in some way. And then some kid does something and they're just messing around and I not snap on them. I'm not, I'm not like yelling at kids in my class, but I definitely overreact yes. to something. Yeah. And so to me, biggest failure for me as a teacher are those days where you like, you overreact to, to a kid and you let all of this stuff you've got inside onto this one kid and then they like walk away and you're like, oh man, you know? And yeah. to watch a 12 year old walk away that you Tough. just got onto about something that you, you overreacted to. Mm -hmm. That oh, would probably. Man. And you, I, that's so good. Well, I was just gonna say, and you spoke just a minute ago to like the importance of building up relationships with yeah. kids. And it feels like, man, I just set that oh, back like yeah. two weeks, yeah. three weeks. Yeah, that's tough. I just want to say, like, thank you for sharing that little thing, because I think that is going to resonate with every human, especially this top middle school. Middle yeah. school is, I think, the trickiest, and maybe that's just because that's where I was at, too, so yeah. I think what we do is the hardest. Uh, because I think there is, for me, it's, you see their, like, physical selves, which look kind of grown up, and, yeah. like, I, it was real easy for me, and, like, I was looking up to them, because I'm, like, five feet tall. I'm five three, actually, five three. And so they're tall, they're big, they're so smart. Oh like, my gosh. Smarter than me yeah. every time. And so then when they acted like the kids that they were, yeah. and it was worse for me, I will say, like when I was 22, like the older I get and have, and like, you'll see it too, as my kids hit the age of middle school, yeah. I'm like, oh, they're still legit. Like they are babies. Yeah, Why yeah. was I thinking, taking everything so per, cause I, that was my big issue with the, with classroom. It was like taking it personally. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, they're all talking when I'm trying to talk. Disrespect. Like, yeah, yeah. 
they don't care all the work I've done. It's no, not wow. They were like you say, they were just. And then around. they'll write you notes at Christmas oh talking gosh. about how you're the greatest teacher of I all time. And I'm like, you don't act like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and 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 they become if you just wait. They become teachers, yeah. and they, on right. their social media, talk about how bad the yeah. kids are. And you're like, do you not remember that you talked your whole way through freaking seventh grade, and I yeah. lost my mind, and I went yeah. to grad school because you talked so much? Yeah. Like, I couldn't handle the talking. Uh, well, so, it's man. It's surprising how quickly they forget. I have, you know, the counselors. I'm doing summer camp uh, at the lower school, and a lot of the uh, camp counselors are students that I formerly taught oh, in seventh that's grade. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's both weird and neat, and but anyway, they for, they've forgotten like all of them. I'm like, yeah, you don't remember all those times in my class that you were exceedingly talking <laughs> and being super disruptive. Ah. No, I wasn't like that. What are you talking about, Mr. Julian? And they're complaining about the kids talking. Right, right, right. Kind of yeah, exactly. Well, I have a question. So, whenever you have those moments where you overreact on a kid, how do y'all mm -hmm. handle it? Uh. How do I handle it personally? How do I handle it with the kid? Yeah. Do you apologize yeah. to the kid? Do you, like, what yeah. What are some ways? Because, I mean, I know it depends on the situation, context, and all that kind of stuff. But, like, what are some ways that you all, say I overreact to a kid um, who was talking in my class yeah. and I made a comment to him that was just over the top. Like, not bad, but just, like, too strong. Came in too hot. Came in too came hard. Came in too hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you pull the kid aside after class and apologize? Do you? I think I, I mean, I try to do that all, like all the time, even when, even when it's not me who's at fault. Like if a kid does something wrong and I feel, I just always feel like it merits a, like a conversation after class. Yeah. If, it, if it meets mm -hmm. a certain level, if it's just like something minor, whatever, but when it comes to me, like if I felt like I had done an injustice to a kid, yeah, I usually, I'll either send them an email um, if I feel like it's the kind of kid who's gonna respond to an email. Um, and we do have some middle school students who are pretty receptive and like write good emails. But otherwise, like, yeah, I try to find them somewhere on campus during the day and just chat it out. Yeah. So this will come as a surprise to you, but like anger is usually not my go-to. But tears are. <laughs> so when I'm losing my mind, um, it's awesome. I'll just start like crying in class. Yeah. It's just great for your authority. As again, when I was 21, especially. So there was this one incident where, oh, oh the podcast, I'm telling you my life story. There was this one incident where I, I was working under an administrator that was not great um, in Indiana, different school, different place, different time. And he called me out and he was like, I saw your students and they were standing up before the bell. That is ridiculous. You know, he like chewed me out because my students were standing up and right before mm. the bell went off, which is like, you know, to me just so, this is the kind of guy that gets really set off by hoodies, you know, like those kinds of things. And so, you know, I tried to explain the activity we were doing, which was so great and interactive, Josh. It was a great activity. Of course it was. And the kids were hyped up about it and up walking around and whatever. He didn't care. So I was all upset by that. Then I walk in and then... The and then one of my 16-year-old students who was pregnant, this was when I taught high school, um, started to get into a physical altercation with another student. And it was really upsetting to me because she was really visibly pregnant and I was nervous about that. So I'm like rushing in. I'm it wasn't like super violent, so I felt comfortable like coming in and sort of 
and being like, okay, guys, you're just up. And, you know, I got them separated, got them calm, sorted them out, dealt with it. And then I walked back into class and I just started like sobbing, like as I'm teaching and I'm doing a read aloud and I'm sobbing. And like, I am all about just being real with kids, whether yeah. it's one-on-one or whole class yeah. and just being like, guys, I'm just going to stop. Oh, like I clearly have, I have I whole class have you done this? and just been like, y'all like, this is just not like I, and, and I think it's so good for middle school students to it see that we're works. humans. Yeah. It's because yeah. guess what? They're not jerks. No. Although it feels like it's us versus them. They actually have amazing hearts and like, they're like, but they're always very shocked that we're human and have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I love that. I've question. had so many students tell me they've never heard a teacher apologize to them. Isn't that sad? Like, I and and I do it, I, I, I'm thinking about this past year. I probably did one, maybe two full class apologies. Like just being like, hey guys, yesterday I had a terrible day. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, in the wrong yeah. and I was not, I'm, I'm sorry. And like kids will just look up at you like, what did he just say? <laughs> because I, I think... I personally, in my experience, never had any teacher ever apologize oh. to me. And so I, as now being a teacher, I, I really value when a student comes to me and apologize about yeah. something or writes me an email or anything. And so if we're not willing to set that example, I think, I, I think a lot of times, and I'll speak for myself, I can't speak for teachers, we expect a lot but we're not willing to meet them halfway yeah and be the examples for these things that we want whether it's telling the truth about cheating on a test which in the pandemic how many students cheated on their test this year none mm -hmm. of them. like none of them, none of them. not a one mm -mm. all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i know some of my did because yeah. they admitted it to me yeah um but oh. I, and not saying that I'd always do this, but I, one thing that I do really try to do is to uh, really set a precedent of being real and like yes. telling them how I feel. Like, hey guys, my baby did not get much sleep last night. Could you please take it easy on me? Beautiful. But it, uh, it goes a long way. I mean, I've had my most successful conversations in classes with kids after that conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like the class is out of hand. And that's always been my biggest fear as an educator is that like since I started teaching that the class was just going to stage a mutiny against me and oh my like gosh. nightmares about this. Tell thing. me no, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, like hey, y'all need to quiet down. You can't tell us what to do. You're just a <laughs> insert age here teacher, right? Um, I mean, I still have that fear, uh, and I'm about to turn 32. Uh, but uh, you know, this, that conversation has always worked for me. Yeah, uh, just. You know, like in your case, baby's not sleeping. I didn't sleep last night, right? Or in my case, like my dog tried to eat his way out of his crate <laughs> and nearly killed, killed himself yesterday. What? And I did not sleep for 24 hours. Dean, did that happen? Yes. My, Arlo my or dog, the other dog? Memphis. Memphis, Memphis. My dog has terrible storm anxiety. Uh, and hey. like midway through the second, uh, second semester, he, it stormed at school. He ate his way out of his crate. I came home and he had like cut his tongue open, like lacerated the inside of his tongue and like bled all over the bedroom floor. It was rough. We were at the emergency vet for a long time. Anyway, we didn't sleep. And you know, you go to school the next day and it's like, I mean, I still have to do my job, you know? Um, 
and they can smell blood in the water too. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Those they certain know. kids that we oh, all know, sure. they whenever they see that, and maybe this is a very pessimistic take on it, but some kids, whenever they see that you're not having a good day, they will. Yeah, they'll needle. But when you, but to be fair, like when you levy with them and you just say, "Hey, I'm really struggling, and I would really appreciate it if y'all would exercise some empathy," they, they've always, yeah. even yeah. the, yeah. even the tough nuts to crack, like crack. Because like to then not show empathy would like make them like a real. Yeah, you, you know just, what I mean. Like yeah. it's a social. It, then it almost becomes a social thing where like yeah. everyone right. else would be like, "Come on, dude, lay off!" Like right, right, right. Funny. This is an attention seeking. Yeah, mob. Yeah, it, it, mob mentality or whatever. You can use it. I know we're. I know we're running short on time. I could talk to this team, this group, for a million years. I. I what do you think, Dean? What do we have? Another one last question. Well, I mean, I, I told I told Josh ahead of time I wasn't going to let him get away without talking about his YouTube channel. Oh my gosh, so teachers <laughs> do lots of other things. Y'all are going to get me fired. I <laughs> just learned this about him and I am a huge fan already. That's Look, we'll frame this question well. Talk. Josh, just tell, like, I mean, I'm I'm going and I'm in flight school right now. You should. Uh, you already know that I think you should have started a YouTube channel already. Yeah. It's incredible. It's incredibly hard. Yeah, it's incredibly hard to do something else while you teach, right? And yes. I know that you're really passionate about your YouTube channel. And to be fair, it's successful. Like, how how do you find the time and the balance to do both of those things? And be a dad. Um, and we've talked about this a lot. I remember you you mentioned one time that you were envious with how often I say no to things. Oh, um, I say no to everything, like. Unless but, you, like, love it. Well, not even if I love it. I, so I teach full-time, which mm -hmm. is a very big deal. I love spending time with my family, and then I'm really passionate about creating things. And so with those three things, there is no more time. Yeah. Like, it – and I, I've – at this age in my life, I'm accepting of the that, that those are my things. Those are what I love to do. And then sometimes, you know, I do other stuff and I have hobbies and stuff like that. But teaching full-time, having a baby, marriage, family, clothes, which we spend time with family every weekend almost, and then trying to do a YouTube channel, which is a lot of work, I don't say yes to a lot. Like, I don't say yes to maybe going and having drinks with friends after school or, or whatever. And so to me, I think... It's all the longer we go on in life, the more we realize what makes us happy. Mm -hmm. And so whenever people get upset about me saying no, I'm like, when I say no to this thing, I get to say yes to these things wow. that I've decided that are pillars in my life that you can't touch. Yeah. Um, and so I think especially if you and I also work for my wife's business, she's a painter um, and so I feel bad sometimes for saying no all the time. But then on the other hand, I'm like, I really get to do these other, th like I really get to go to my grandparents' house and really enjoy spending time with them or um, because they're kind of at that age yeah. to where, you know, we don't know how much longer they're going to be here. Um, so, yeah, I think saying no a lot, yeah, mm -hmm. like all the time. 
<laughs> you, you thought this was going to be a podcast for teachers. You were worried about your pedigree, and here we are talking about life wisdom. Oh, so. yeah, and I just want to say this is a lesson. I feel like both Dean and I could benefit oh. from oh, hearing. Don't get me started Dean on Dean. I don't Dean. know about you. Listen, I have a problem. As much as I was Josh's mentor, I feel like it was reciprocal. Oh, because oh. He yeah. has definitely told me many times you need to learn how to say no. I love how you phrase that. I've read an article once. It was about women, yeah. um, but I mean, I think it's true of all humans. And it was like, pick I bet it's three. so much harder for well, I think in some ways, or it's more fraught, right? Yeah. And so it's like you can pick three out of this list of six things, and it was like work, friends, um, hobbies, exercise was one of that. Like it was like, but in any like given life, you can only really do three of these things. And I was like, oh man, like, yeah. But that's so true to do any of them fully. Or like you can try and pick five, but be like ultra stress all the time and yeah. like mm -hmm. be like you're half doing everything. And yeah. I anyway, I just think that's the best wisdom for like new teachers, but like for also when you get to a certain point in your career, I feel like you start to get pulled on and Dean's getting this so much, you get pulled on in so many ways because yeah. you've gotten some experience and people know you and people trust and you. You you're in and like you just, a billion committees. How many say, committees are you in? Oh my gosh. You but you and they're all my problem is I do love them all, right? Yeah, like, well, that's the, the thing you got to understand. Like, just because I can't do something doesn't mean I wouldn't love to do it. I would <laughs> love to go have drinks after work with friends. Right? I'd love to go play golf with my buddy this weekend. I'd love to do all this other stuff. But I kind of love this other thing more than that. Yeah. And it's or even of, I've decided, I've just chosen. Yeah. Right? It's not even necessarily that I maybe I made the right choice, but, like, I'm just going to, like, that is what life is, right? Is like, choosing the things. Yeah. And then, okay, I'm going to... Thank you for the therapy session. No, Josh. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's, how I, it's how I see it. I don't know if it makes sense for anybody else, but it's oh, like it's helpful. It, Tim offered at my first year said, I want, he put a big post-it note and maybe it was a little kitschy, but you know what? I'm sorry, Tim. It was cool. He was uh, the old head of school, yeah. head of middle school. And anyway, he put a big post-it note in the middle school, like teacher loungey area where the photocopier is and everything and said, I want you to write three things that you want to be better at this year mm. and you know like it seems easy but I took it really seriously and I came from a boarding school uh, and my whole life was school I got done with school yeah, I coached cross yeah. country and I coached the rifle team and I mean from 3 30 to 6 30 I was a coach and then from 6 30 to 7 30 I was eating dinner with everyone in the dining hall and then two nights a week I was on, or one night a week, I can't remember now, but I was on duty at the dorm where I was the dorm parent. And then one weekend out of the month, I was at school the whole weekend supervising the dorm and making sure like, you know, if girls wanted to leave town or whatever, they were checking in and checking out with me. And so when I got here, I just said, I'm not gonna be that involved. I really want my afternoons back. Uh, and I, I did that my first year. Um, but I, I'm just like, as much as I try to do other things, like I feel like I'm a teacher's teacher and I really care about education way too much. And I, I just can't not be involved. I'm in so many things, but I really want to be. So yeah. I feel like, you know, to your point, some of the things that I'm involved, all of the things that I'm, I'm involved with are like things that I really care about. But now I'm just at that point where I'm trying to find that balance and figure out like is this the thing that I really care about more mm -hmm. than A, B, or C? Yeah. yeah. So, and, I, and some people would look at 
me at school and think, oh, he just tries to skirt out of everything. And I see so many teachers and so many teachers that I know that do everything mm-hmm. and they get burnt out and they quit. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a thing. There's so I'm not going to name any names, obviously, but I can think of five people off the top of my head right now that when they worked at a school, they did everything possible at the school and then they quit. And if I'm possibly thinking about doing this long term, just teaching by itself is a hard job. Um, And when I started at the school, I didn't tell anybody I was a musician. I didn't tell anybody I know anything about podcasting well now we know making videos and you remember i said i'm good at saying no Um, it's because i know how school can do to where it just starts they we need you to help over here we need you to do this other thing and all of this other stuff which if that's what you love to do that's great um but i i just i don't feel bad about not uh, running sound for chapel, or I don't feel bad about not doing this one thing because that's not what I signed up to do. That wasn't what we talked about when I started working here. Um, And so maybe I'm in the wrong and I say no too much, Um, but I just just see so many people that that quit. Well, I think... First of all, I think everybody's in a different season. Too. Like, I really yeah. do think different seasons of your life call for a different level of involvement. And, like, mm-hmm. the baby thing, like, that means you're at a really I play low the, I play the baby card. The baby though. card is real, though. Like, I play it so those much. Babies. I throw that baby card around all Listen, the time. Listen, do it all day long. And I also just want to say that, like, if everybody just did a little, we wouldn't sure, then need a few to, people to do. wouldn't have to do a So lot. I just, I want to shout out people listening. Take Josh and listen to Josh, but also do, like, one thing. Like, do a thing so that, because there is, like, work to be done, well, right? Well, see, like, so uh, when I went to uh, the, it wasn't the choir concert. They were doing, like, a rock band concert oh, thing. Oh, the rock, oh, rock fest. What, what's the guy? Oh, you would love Scott. No, he, I know Scott. I know Scott. So I told Scott, I was like, next year, let me know, and I'll help you with See, that. so you so, found a thing that, yeah, like, syncs up with. I'm totally cool, or maybe this pot, like, this is stuff that I'm in. I did not did say you just that. No, say, I didn't. Did you I think but he just made I just a song. That. I'm saying I'm in, I am interested in podcasting. It is on recording. But uh, so I'm not like the guy who doesn't do anything. Let's be real. But you do things. I do not do near as much as Dean does. That's definitely for sure. Yeah. He's in well, all I, of the committees. Uh, I need to trim the fat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do too. I do too. This has yeah. been truly. Well, how really about helpful. I take a step towards you guys, and y'all take a step towards me? Or maybe it's the, mostly. Seriously, Clay, if you want to put a post-it note on the middle school window, uh, three things. I will definitely put on my sticky note. I need to do less this year, and I, I don't mean that as like I don't want to be committed anymore. It's more like I yeah I'm over saying yes to something else. Yeah yeah, yeah Saying yes to something else. Man, Josh. Thank you so you much for delight. coming, Josh. You are wise. Y'all got to get most, somebody better next week. You're the most pedigreed of all the pedigrees I've ever pedigreed before. That is the That's dumbest thing that you have that ever said. That was a really weird sentence. Not true. <laughs> uh, thank y'all so much for having me. It was fun. Yeah. I don't know anything about teaching, but I, I do have fun hanging out with kids, and Aww. I do enjoy teaching Spanish sometimes. <laughs> Perfect note <laughs> to end on. <laughs> on the day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do. I do.